my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we talk about, of course, the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing. Of course, we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Of course, we're talking about how the the world has become more and more centralized over time, which, of course, you see with the World Economic Forum and the UN and the WHO and the WTO and on and on and on, the IMF, etc. And the world is now breaking apart, moving to a decentralized world. And we look at it, like I said, through the lens of politics, finance, and technology, because it's always technology that changes the world. And that technology that's really driving massive change to the world right now is the decentralized technology of Bitcoin. And we're going to talk about that today. And specifically, we're going to talk about how you've been lied to. They've been lying to you. And we're going to break down three ways that Bitcoin mining actually helps the environment and not hurts it. So you've been lied to. You've been told that Bitcoin is horrible. It's a waste. Uh, uh, Charlie Munger says it's rat poison, all these things. We're going to say, who are they? Who are they that have lied to you? Well, the media is lying to you. What is their role in all of this? We're going to look at the very actual specific lies that they've told you. We're going to break those down. We're going to look at why those things they've said are completely wrong. Then we're going to look at specific ways that actually Bitcoin is good. Counter to what they've said, we'll look at it from the lens of climate, um, the energy grids that we have across the country and the world, uh, and then overall freedom and just overall, you know, human humanity, human flourishment. It's a pretty, pretty big thing. We're going to look at like, what are they hiding and why 
is this happening? Uh, the massive opportunity that sits on the other side of this. And of course, I want to give you some new mental models to help you think through this because, you know, the old problem was getting enough information. Today, the problem is that we have so much information. How do we discern it? And how do you understand the truth when you have so much propaganda coming down from um, you know, parties who have a vested interest in getting you to think another position. So we're going to break all of that down and more. It's a big show. Uh, so don't go away. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. Now, if you do miss any of it, don't worry. I got your back. You can always catch me on the podcast. Just search your favorite podcast player for the Mark Moss show. And of course, follow along on social media, hit me up on Twitter at one Mark Moss or on Instagram at Mark Moss on um, either one of those platforms. I'm probably on there way too much. And I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think about the show what kind of topics should that be to cover, and so much more. And while I'm asking, let me just ask, can I please ask for a favor? Just one small little favor if I've earned that. Hopefully, would you please, on your favorite podcast app, just leave me a review. Hopefully a good review, but either way, leave me a review. Give me some stars. Tell me what you think about the show. That would really help me out so much. It would mean so much to me, um, and I'll keep doing the best that I can to bring you this information. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Like I said, we're talking about how they have been lying to you and actually how it's all wrong. So let's break that down. So who are they, first of all? Now, you hear that thrown around a lot, like they are trying to do this. They are trying to take away our freedom. They are trying to push CBDC. They like, and so who are they? That's always a question that we want to ask. Now, unfortunately, we don't always know exactly who they are, and that's by design. I had a guest on my show, Dr. Robert Malone. Some of you guys might have seen that. Um, and Dr. Robert Malone, he got uh, kind of uh, came to prominence because he was uh, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, which of course, I'm sure you're familiar with at this point. Um, and, you know, then he gained a lot of notoriety because he was kind of speaking against the mRNA vaccine during the pandemic, et cetera. Um, I had him on my show not to talk about that. What we talked about is something called the fifth generation of warfare. And Dr. Malone is an amazing uh, person overall, amazing guest, because his role really in the medical field and in, in, in establishing vaccines, et cetera, was he was a clinical researcher and he wrote papers that were submitted for reviews, et cetera. So his skill is researching, looking through mountains of data, understanding it, and then synthesizing it into papers and getting those submitted into medical logs, et cetera. So that's his skill. And boy, is it paying off. His ability to do research and see these things is amazing. But anyway, I had him on my show. And we talked about something, again, called the fifth generation of warfare. If you missed it, I'd highly recommend you go back and watch it again. Go back in the podcast, search back to Robert Malone, fifth generation warfare, or you can catch it on YouTube. Just search uh, Mark Moss, Robert Malone, you'll find it. But in this fifth generation of warfare, he basically talks about how the world has changed in its type of warfare and the world in the United States, et cetera. And really, there's been five generations. And I'm going to break these down for you real quick so you can understand who they are. Are. So in the first generation of warfare, you had, you know, mano y mano. You had man on man, right? Uh, I'm going to come beat you up and take what you have. Um, the second genera generation of warfare started to get a little bit more advanced. So then we started having like armies, right? So now we'd have armies that would meet each other on the battlefield and, and uh, fight to the death or whatever until one side surrenders. The third generation of warfare is when we really started to get industrialization. So now we had aircraft carriers and jets and helicopters and tanks and all these things. 
And really, that's when the, the United States really rose to prominence. So through World War I, World War II, those were both industrial-led wars. So the U.S. was able to out-industrialize everybody else. We were able to make more war materials, more ships, more tanks, more bombs, etc. And we were able to dominate the world in that way. But then we went into the fourth generation of warfare. Now, the fourth generation of warfare really came out around the Vietnam War. And it's continued on until now we're entering the fifth generation. But in the fourth generation of warfare, it was not any longer these massive armies or these massive industrialized armies. But instead, it was in Vietnam, it was guerrilla warfare. So now it was little groups attacking the one big group. And, the, and the, the problem with that was that, you know, the U.S. is this big, you know, fighter, but then you have these small little nimble fighters that come in. And unfortunately, the U.S. didn't do too well over in Vietnam. The U.S. didn't work in that type of warfare. And as a matter of fact, uh, per Malone's claims, I haven't actually gone back and verified this for myself, but it seems to be accurate. The United States has not won a war since we've moved into the fourth generation of warfare. They've never won a war. So... What war have they won? I can't really think of one. We didn't win Vietnam. We didn't win Af Iraq. We didn't win Afghanistan. So we're not able to win that type of warfare. And now we're entering the fifth generation of warfare. And the fifth generation of warfare is now going into informational and psychological and even financial warfare. And it really signifies itself by having this nameless, faceless attack. So we all feel it. We can feel these things happening. We can feel the censorship. We can feel the manipulation. We can feel that we're being pitted against each other, but we don't know by who, who is doing it. Where is it coming from? We don't know. And that's like this psychological warfare. So we feel the full court oppress, but we don't know who it's coming from and where it's coming from. And again, that's by design. That's the fifth generation of warfare. Again, go back and listen to the interview. If you really want to dig into that, it's an amazing topic that we really dove deep into. Uh, but when we go back to asking the question, who are they? We don't know. We don't know who they are. But we do know a few of the players. So for example, we know mainstream media's role in putting these lies out there. So we know that they are part of mainstream media. So for example, we have the New York Times, um, CNN, you know, Washington uh, Post, Forbes, Atlantic, Financial Times, etc. And so all of those mainstream outlets have sensationalized attacks on Bitcoin, specifically around Bitcoin's energy usage. Uh, we've seen numerous articles. Uh, I'm going to dig deep into some of these, but like some of the names of these articles they put out, for example, are like the real world costs of the digital race for Bitcoin. So just like think about that name that they put there, right? The real world costs for the digital race to Bitcoin. Now, first of all, yes, there are costs. Everything in life has a cost benefit analysis. You do yourself no favor if you don't realize that everything in life has a cost to benefit analysis, it's uh, pros and cons, good and bad, right? Everything has that. In order for me to get a benefit, I must pay a cost. In order for me to get in shape, I must wake up and, on early and go do exercise, right? In order for me to get in shape, I must pay the cost of, um, you know, starving myself from sweets and snacks or whatever, right? Everything has a cost. Another one, Bitcoin uses more electricity than many countries. How is that even possible? So very sensational and misleading, yes. Uh, the price of Bitcoin mining and more. Um, why Bitcoin miners want to recast themselves as eco-friendly. We can go on and on and on, but you can just tell by the, the title of these, these, uh, these, these hit pieces, these propaganda pieces, you can already tell what their stance is. Of course, we've seen the government and the regulatory stance come out um, harsh against this as well. Um, 
trying to you know look at that. Uh, and so we're going to talk more about what the government has actually said, what the Biden administration has actually said, what the competitor attacks are, influencer attacks. But you know, they're coming from all over the place. And it's really hard to understand what to do. It's, it's hard to understand what to do with your money and so much more. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the lies they're feeding you and how they're all wrong about Bitcoin mining and more. We're going to be back with more in a minute. I got to take a quick break. Don't go away. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show, of course, uh, always talking about the decentralized revolution. Right now, we're talking about specifically the ways they, and who they are, uh, lying to you about Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining and how it's all wrong. And we can see through it by the thin-veiled attacks that they're doing. So again, we were talking about... Uh, for. Understanding who they are is very difficult, but in this context, we know they uh, are the people that are putting out these hit pieces. So I, I named them New York Times, CNN, Forbes, Atlantic, etc. But we also have the Biden administration. We know specifically that the Biden administration, uh, Biden uh, himself, if he's capable of it, most likely it's the administration, uh, Biden supposedly signed some executive orders mandating that the government start to do investigations and research into uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and things like that. They wanted to analyze the implications 
uh, and, and the initiatives behind it. What's going on with it? Is it a threat? How can we take it over? How can we produce something better? And all these types of things. Now, um, in this economic report that Biden put together, you know, there was a lot of language in there. Um, it, was, it was titled the Economic Report of the President. And like I said, they wanted to supposedly look at the potential benefits of it. Of course, it's not really what they were doing. Um, but what they really wanted to look at is, is this a threat to our financial monopoly? Um, could it effectively replace what we're doing? Um, is there a way that we could stop it if we wanted to? Um, is there a way that we could, uh, you know, co-opt it, take it over, things like that? That's actually what they're taking a look at. We know that we've seen many other people in the Biden administration following suit. We know Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Uh, <laughs> I always think about what Trump calls her. Um, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, she is now heading up what she's calling the anti-crypto army, anti-crypto. It's amazing. Uh, an American, the land of the free, an American uh, politician running on a platform to take away freedoms is pretty crazy. Um, and then we have what, we, you know, what we've been talking about, Operation Choke Point, where they're literally choking out these legally recognized businesses by cutting access off to the financial system. Um, so we've seen that. We've also seen um, influencer tax attacks really, really stepped up. So, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, Warren Buffett, they always love to go to Warren Buffett and his partner, uh, Charlie Munger, and ask them what they think about Bitcoin. And of course, you know, they're in their 90s. They've made billions of dollars off the legacy financial system. My guess is they sort of like the financial, the legacy financial system because it's worked very well for them. My guess is they would like the legacy financial system to continue because they've got it dialed in and they've got it figured out. And they're so influential now that they get the government to do their bidding and they get to benefit from that. So my guess is that they wouldn't be very favorable to any type of competition for that. So one, uh, let's, 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 lock, let's lock these down. So rule number one, when you're looking at this type of information coming out, you always want to be able to think critically about it. So one, who is telling me this information? So in this case, Munger and, and, and Buffett, who is telling me that? What potential interest or incentives would they have? Well, they have deep ties to the <laughs> legacy financial system, as I said. Um, and then we want to be able to look and we want to be able to separate fact from, from opinion. All right. So if I'm looking at this piece from the Washington Post, I know it's the Washington Post. I know they're basically a mouthpiece for the CIA. I know it's most likely, most likely going to be propaganda. So when I read this post, I'm going to already have that frame in my mind. Then as I'm reading the information, I want to say, what is fact in here and what is opinion? If I was reading something from RT, it'd be like, well, this is a Russian mouthpiece. So now I need to be aware of their biases. And if I'm reading it from Charlie Munger and, and, and uh, Warren Buffett, I need to know and be aware of their biases as well. And then I have to separate fact from fiction. So what does Warren Buffett say about Bitcoin? Bitcoin? He says, Bitcoin is so stupid. He says, it's rat poison. Okay, well, that's not fact. There's no fact in that. That's his opinion. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, I guess it's bad. It kills rats. I mean, whatever. So that's certainly opinion. Okay, so we know who he is, what his interests are, and that's his opinion. I don't really care about his opinion in this matter because it's so biased. Right. We know um, Gates, Bill Gates says that he was gifted some and he immediately sold it again. Another person who has a, a lot to gain by having the government continue to take over more and more control and grant, you know, him and his businesses billions and billions of dollars. Um, Elon Musk, 
he doesn't really understand it. He says that he doesn't like it because it's not mined with renewable energy. I think, you know, he had that problem because he's obviously trying to sell EV cars. He's trying to push this kind of renewable energy uh, world. And so I think he kind of has to say that to sort of uh, bow down to, to, uh, to, to his investors and so much more like that. But let's take a look at some of these lies that they've told us. So for example, they say that the Bitcoin uses so much energy, it's going to put a strain on energy grids. So uh, people all around the country aren't going to have enough electricity. It's going to push the prices up so high. It's going to put so much strain on the grids that the grids will come down and people won't have enough energy. Well, let's see how that works. So in California, for example, um, over the last uh, six, seven years, California has shut down two of their three nuclear reactors. Uh, we've shut down natural gas electricity plants um, to move to renewables. So we've been building more and more renewables in California. But every summer, we have rolling blackouts. The grid isn't able to manage that. And we continually have rolling blackouts during the summer. I personally just had solar panels put on my house and we're putting a generator in. So I don't have to worry about my power going out when we have rolling blackouts anymore. But that's not because of Bitcoin mining. As a matter of fact, there is no Bitcoin mining in California. And the reason why there's no Bitcoin mining in California is because the price of electricity is way too high. It's way too expensive, so no one comes here. So uh, the grid, the grid has been weakened by policies that California put into place. The grid has been weakened by shutting down nuclear reactors. The grid has been trying to remove reliable sources of energy to move to unreliable sources of energy like wind and solar, and that has caused grid problems, not Bitcoin mining. Now we can see in Texas, you might point to, but Texas, look at Texas, they have all these Bitcoin miners there, and now they're having problems with their with their grid. I know, I also have a place in Texas. I know this winter, my power went out for six days because of an ice storm. I know the summer before, power went out because it was too hot. And is that because of Bitcoin mining? Because there's so much there. But the grid has been imbalanced in Texas long before Bitcoin mining. As a matter of fact, Bitcoin mining is helping to balance that grid. As a matter of fact, what's happening is, you know, you need with electricity, you need you need a couple things. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'll go I'm gonna break that down, but let's just let's just dive down a little bit more. Uh, we'll, we'll I'm gonna break that down. But we'll come back to that. We also have been told that Bitcoin emits way too much carbon. It's bad for the climate. Well, first of all, let me say something controversial for you here. You may not like this. I don't even think that's a. I don't even think that's real. I don't believe that the carbon is one single like thermostat that you can control the temperature of the world on. I think that, and well, I don't think, I know factually, empirical evidence tells us that as we've produced more carbon, as the temperature of the earth has gone up in the last hundred years from 1920 to 2020, human flourishment, the, the temperature of the world has gone up about 1.2 degrees in the last hundred years, and human flourishment has never been better. Life expectancy has tripled. Wealth has increased. Everything has gotten better as the temperature has gotten warmer. Now, I don't believe that the carbon emissions alone drives the temperature, but we do know factually that as the temperature went up, human life got better. We produce more food than we've ever produced before. Uh, so I don't even like that one. And then we have the energy comparisons. So it uses more than an entire country um, and things like that. So I want to break down some of those myths that they're leading with. I'm going to break those down. And then of course, we'll talk about what this means on the other side, the big opportunity that's there. And then again, like mental frameworks to think through this. I'm going to take a quick break. If you just tune in, you are listening to the Mark Moss show, of course, talking about the decentralized revolution today, we're breaking down some of these attacks on the Bitcoin mining network. I'm going to be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. I'll be right back. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. All right, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you were listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about they. Who are they uh, spreading FUD, spreading misinformation in mainstream media, attacking Bitcoin, attacking, uh, I, I wouldn't say cryptocurrency, just really attacking Bitcoin, specifically around the energy uh, the energy aspect of it. You know, uh, you'll notice that uh, kind of going back to the intro, if you were here for the beginning, you heard me talking about the fifth generation of warfare. And in the fifth generation of warfare, it's really, like I said, it's more um, psychological, information-driven, and, and money-driven. Um, and in that, they use fear as a way to gain control, right? So during the pandemic, hey, the whole world's going to die, so we have to lock everybody down. If you give us all this power, we can save you. Um, and part of this uh, fifth generation of warfare is using these psychological levers to gain control, and we don't know really know who they are, right? And if you think about it, you already start to see the World Health Organization, the UN, and the World Economic Forum are all talking now about climate emergencies, climate emergencies, climate emergencies. As a matter of fact, uh, the Biden administration is on board with a new resolution that's been put forth that would give the U.S. sovereignty over to the U.N. Currently, it's just a resolution, uh, but it would give power over to the U.N. that they would have control over the entire world, over every nation, including the U.S., because they've laid their sovereignty down, including the U.S., in any type of global emergency. When you look at what type of global emergencies they are, one of those is climate a climate emergency. Another one is um, a cyber emergency. So if like a bunch of networks go down. Um, and so they would use these things um, to do that. And so climate seems to be the big thing. Even the World Health Organization now has the power to manage every country, including the US, based on a health emergency. And they could say that climate is a problem for health as well. All right. So just, just pay attention for that. But let's just take a look at some of these things here. If we really want to kind of break this down. So if we look at like some energy comparisons, for example, because they say that Bitcoin uses way too much energy. But when you when you examine um, Bitcoin's energy usage, first of all, it's nowhere near what they said it was going to be. So, for example, um, their Newsweek ran an article here. 
uh, when is this dated? In 2017, in 2017, Newsweek ran an article that said, quote, Bitcoin mining is on track to consume all of the world's energy by 2020. All of it? Well, here we are, 2023, three years past that date. Five years, six years past the time they wrote this, three years past that date. And guess what? It's not even using even uh, it's not even using a fraction of the world's energy. Not even a fraction. Bitcoin only uses a fraction of the energy that's being wasted. Now, what does wasted mean? So who's to say what a waste is? You might sit there and like to look out at the ocean for two hours a day, and I might go, what a waste. You are wasting your time. You should be working on higher value tasks. But maybe that's prayer and meditation to you, and maybe that's super high value to you, and maybe that's what allows you to be such a high achiever. So who am I to say that you are wasting your time by doing prayer and meditation? I may not like it, and that's okay. That's on me. But that's not a waste. You can choose how you want to use your time. I should be able to choose how I want to use my electricity. If I'm using the electricity, it's not a waste. Now, I might say what a waste would be is let's say that I uh, had a bunch of meat in the, in the freezer, and I pull it out of the freezer. It would last for a long time in the freezer, but I pull it out and I cook it all because I have a bunch of people coming over, and then nobody shows up. Now, all that food is now wasted because I made it, and now it has to go in the trash. Okay, so if we look at it from that perspective, then what we do is we look at the energy that's being used and we go all around the world. Energy is being created and not used. No one's using it. It's made, but no one's using it. That is a waste. Now, if you use that food for like if I fed my dog with it or I fed a homeless person with it or I fed my neighbor with it, who are you to say that's a waste? Oh, how could you waste that good steak on your dog? Well, my dog has to eat something. It's not a waste for me. A lot of people feed their dog chicken or whatever, right? Um, so how, who are you to say it's a waste? It's my food. I'll do what I want. But if I threw it in the trash, that's kind of a waste. And it goes back to the energy. Um, who's to say if you're using energy, it's a waste. But if I, if, I, if, I, if I create it and it doesn't get consumed, that's a waste. And that's exactly what's happening. So Bitcoin uses only a very small fraction of the energy that's already being created and not used. It's already been made. It's going to go to waste. No one's using it. So Bitcoin might as well use a little bit of that. And that's where uh, really this big piece kicks in that people need to understand. And the reason why it's important to understand that is because this is what will allow for more human flourishment. What do I mean by that? Well, you might imagine it's not cheap to set up electricity. That's why most of the world doesn't have it. Now, the, the World Economic Forum and the UN and the WHO want to paint this apocalyptic future. They say that if the per the IPCC report, is what they say, per the IPCC report, the, the temperature of the world will go up by 1.2 degrees Celsius in the next 100 years. Okay, that's what the IPCC report says. But they didn't say that the whole world is going to end. They just said it's going to go up. It's everybody else is extrapolating from that piece of data. But again, like I said earlier, if we look back empirically, the last 100 years, the temperature did go up 1.2% and it's been better. But... Let's, let's uh, continue pulling on this for a second. So they, they said that that will happen. And so we must reduce the electricity uh, because it'll be this ap apocalyptic future. But as my friend Alex Epstein, who wrote the book Fossil Future, likes to point out, for 3 billion people living today, it's already apocalyptic. Whatever your vision is of apocalyptic, like this Mad Max scenario, right, where like these roving bands of people are ro roaming around looking for resources like food and, and gas, that's life for like 3 billion people right now today. They don't have it. 
there's babies that die every single day because they can't go to the, their mother can't go to the hospital and have an, a sonogram or ultrasound. There's babies dying every single day because there's no electricity where they can put the baby into an incubator if they're born prematurely. Every single day, billions and billions of people are living an apocalyptic life because they don't have energy. Now, how could we fix that? How could we get them energy? Well, why don't we go build an electricity plant there? A nuclear power plant, a, a gas substation, whatever it is. Well, it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of money. And there's not enough demand to buy all that energy that gets created. So who's going to go invest the money to, buy, to put that power plant in if there's nobody there to use the energy? It's sort of like this chicken or the egg type of um, scenario. So here's where Bitcoin helps out. So I could go into this African nation um, and build this hydroelectric dam, which might cost, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. But who's going to invest that money if there's no return? It could take decades before enough people move into that region to buy that electricity. So what they could do is they can set that um, hydroelectric dam up today. And today it can be mining Bitcoin. And that gives the investors a return on their money. Then slowly but surely, people start to flock to that area new towns, new, new commerce is set up. There's people that are finally living there buying the electricity. At some point, there's enough demand from people and businesses, et cetera, to buy that electricity that the Bitcoin mining just shuts off. Now, all those people are there flourishing, having their best life. They have hospitals now. And all because it started because Bitcoin was help, uh, able to offset that. Then Bitcoin just moves to the next town and let's set up power there. And then the same thing happens as the people move there, as life flourishes, Bitcoin mining moves on to the next place. That could have never have happened without it. Now, again, but it wastes so much. It uses, elect it uses less electricity than household clothes dryers do in the United States. Why do you waste electricity drying your clothes in a dryer? Why don't you just hang them on a clothesline in your backyard? It uses less electricity than YouTube uses for their servers. Why are you watching all these videos online? What a waste of time. You're starting to get the point. Now, it does more than just that. Now, what, what capitalism is, and this has, people have this misunderstood, which is why I wrote the book, The Uncommunist Manifesto, which, by the way, shameless plug, if you haven't bought it, you certainly should, The Uncommunist Manifesto, to try to help people understand this a little bit better. But um, what capitalism is and isn't is it's me using my resources to be more efficient, right? I want to better use my natural resources efficiently because I understand that they're scarce. That's what capitalism does. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about more about that in uh, detail, you know, because it's important to understand this if you want to get this right. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, we're talking about they lying to you about Bitcoin and so much more. I'll be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. I'll take a quick break. I'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about um, the lies they've been telling to you about Bitcoin, specifically around Bitcoin mining. And we've been breaking them down one by one by one. We were just talking about how it actually helps billions of people around the world get energy and save them from this apocalyptic life that they live today. But let's keep going. Let's talk about how it might actually, that, I mean, that's great for human flourishment. What about the environment? Because supposedly it's so bad for the environment because it's, apparently it uses so much electricity, it's bad for the environment. I already broke down how it's only using electricity that's already been made and not being used. It's not doing anything that wasn't already made, first of all. But what it's actually doing is kind of going back to what I was saying before the break, what capitalism does is capitalism takes private property and tries to use those, those scarce resources more efficiently. So it turns trash into treasure, right? Keynesian economics, when you print money, it creates waste. Capitalism preserves it. Your uh, company's profitability is the scorecard for how efficient you are with your resources. So, for example, in, uh, in the United States, uh, thank, thankful to new technology that was called fracking back in 2008, uh, we discovered that we can get more natural gas out of the ground um, than we ever had imagined. And we have so much, the United States has so much natural gas, it's so abundant and so cheap that we don't even bother to capture it. As a matter of fact, all throughout the oil fields of the Midwest, and, and the rest of uh, the U.S. and into Canada, the natural gas comes out of, the, out of an oil well. So they drill for oil, natural gas comes out of it. They don't even capture it. It's worth so, it's worth so little, it's so abundant that it's not even captured. It's totally wasted. It's literally just what they call vented. They just allow it to just seep. It's just gas, right? So they allow it to vent into the ecosystem or they'll flare it where they'll actually turn it on fire. And you might've seen pictures like an oil field with like fire sticking them out of these, out of these uh, tubes. So they're either venting it or flaring it. That's waste. They're getting natural gas energy out of the ground and literally lighting it on fire. That's wasting it, right? Would you agree? They've already done the work. It's already coming out of the ground. And here they are either letting it seep into the ecosystem or lighting it on fire. Well, what if we didn't waste it? What if we actually captured it? Well, we don't capture it because, like I said, the cost is too cheap at this point. But what we can do and what is being done, has been being done for a number of years now, is you can go to these wellheads where the natural gas is coming off and you can get a container full of Bitcoin mining computers and stick it at the wellhead and run Bitcoin mining. 
So a couple things happen. Now you might say, well, why don't they just, if they're going to capture it there, why don't they send it to the pipeline? Because it's what we call stranded. It's so far away from any infrastructure that it's not profitable to capture it and bring it to the market to run pipelines or whatever it is. And so there in this instance, the natural gas has been created. The energy has been created. It's literally seeping into the ecosystem or burning off. It's being wasted. And here they are capturing it at the wellhead and turning it into economic power. It's creating jobs. It's creating technology. It's creating economic activity off of wasted energy. And it's not just that it's using wasted energy. It's actually good for the environment because if you're an environmentalist, then you probably believe that all that gas seeping into the ecosystem isn't good. Methane gas and whatever gas it has. So if they can capture that and use it, it doesn't go into the environment. So not only are they taking something that's already been created and being wasted and utilizing it, using the resources more efficiently, they're actually saving it from going into the ecosystem, which is good for the environment. Now, that's that's one example. We talked about, you know, starting entire new communities in, in the poor, impoverished nations that live in an apocalyptic, apocalyptic world. But what about even in California, where I mentioned how the power grid goes down all the time, or in, in, uh, in Texas, where the power grid is going out all the time? What about places like that? Well, in California or Texas or places where the power grid is weak, we obviously don't have enough electricity. That's a problem. Which is why in California, which is leading the charge on moving everybody to EV vehicles, in the summer when the power starts going blackouts, they tell people not to charge their EV vehicles, which is insane. So what happens is obviously, obviously during the, the peak times in California, they need more electricity, obviously, right? So they could build an additional power plant, but they may not need that power plant to run all the time. So in places, not California, they're not very smart, but in other places like Texas, they run what's called a peaker plant. So a peaker plant means when you hit peak energy use, when you have a massive demand on energy use, you have this backup plant that can produce even more electricity. The problem is that, as you might imagine, it's very expensive to build an entire new power plant that never gets used. Talk about waste. I mean, talk about waste. Think about that. They have to, you know, clear the, all the tractors that have to, you know, grade the land, bulldoze the land, all the equipment, all the materials that go into building out these power plants, all the all the oil, all the energy, all the cement, metal, all that. Build that entire power plant, all the cost, effort, time, labor, energy, and then it just sits there dormant most of the year, only comes on at the point where that peak overload is needed. That's a waste. Well, what could they do with that? Well, they can't just turn it on because they don't have a buyer for the electricity. They could run the peaker plant all the time, but who's going to buy the energy? There's nobody there to buy it. So it's a big problem. But what they can do is they, so then, so then you might imagine it's a big problem. So guess what? They don't build peaker plants. So in places like California, we just go without power when we need it the most. <laughs> when it's the hottest, you know, and you need your AC to come on or it's nighttime and you need your lights to come on so your kids can do their homework, eh, we'll just shut it off. <laughs> because we can't afford to build the peaker plants. But what if you could build a peaker plant and use all that energy while it's being idle to mine Bitcoin? So now as an investor, we can put up money. We could spend the money for the peaker plant. We can now make money back by mining Bitcoin. And when the peak, that, uh, that peaker plant energy is needed on the grid, we just turn off the Bitcoin mining and just let them use the extra power. Think about that. So now we've solved a big problem. But there's a big problem all throughout the United States where there's problems with having enough electricity. The answer would be build peaker plants. The problem is it's not economical to do so. 
And now let's fix that problem. Are you starting to get the idea? The one thing I'm just going to continue to pound into your head is that it is not wasting energy. Bitcoin only uses energy that's already being wasted. And the reason why is because all economics is actually super simple. It's all boiled down to supply and demand. In California, the reason why there's no uh, Bitcoin mining is because the power is too expensive. Why is it too expensive? There's more people that want to buy electricity than there is electricity available. So in the summer months in California, at the top end of our, our tiered system, you might pay 45 cents per kilowatt hour, 45 cents. Bitcoin mining can only survive to be competitive. You need to be like below five cents. And really most of the big Bitcoin mining facilities are under three cents. Well, how the heck can they find three cent power when California is 45? That's easy because they're only buying electricity that is already being created and not being purchased. There's back to supply and demand. There's more, there's more supply than there is demand for it. So Bitcoin cannot waste energy. Bitcoin can only use energy that's already going to be wasted. Now, plugging in the computers themselves, that doesn't release any emission. The whole argument is about the energy overall, not about, uh, about creating the energy. It's not about the actual computers running. Now, in a lot of cases, what we're seeing now, this is ingenious. I met with a company um, who is in France, and what they're doing is they're taking household appliances that already use electricity, like, for example, space heaters. Uh, these use massive amounts of electricity, and they're putting Bitcoin mining into the space heaters. So now I go to the store, I can buy heater number one for 100 bucks, I can buy heater number two for 100 bucks. But heater number two gives me back 20% of my electricity bill every single month. Hmm, that's pretty good. It's offsetting my electricity bill. I'm already going to buy the electricity. I'm already going to buy the heater. I'm already going to heat my home. Why not mine some Bitcoin and get some money back? You're starting to see how this works. And so they are trying to spread this information uh, for some other reason other than energy. It's clearly not that. It's clearly not for human flourishment. It's clearly not that. So what is it then? Well, then you have to go, well, shoot, they must not want us to have our own money. Well, then why don't they want us to have our own money? Now you're on the right path. You're asking the right questions. I'll have to answer those on another time. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We've been talking about the latest breaking news um, in this uh, decentralized revolution. That's what we got today. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. 